Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken, and it's a beautiful Thursday here, just right before Labor Day, in case you're listening to this later. A big thank you. Uh, but we're enjoying a Labor Day Thursday, right before a, a little long day weekend. And I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on my JAR tour. I'm on City a little bit confused right now, honestly. I think it's City. I think it's City ninety one or ninety, and uh, Albuquerque. So I got another uh, another twenty cities to go. Another hundred something interviews left. But as you saw there, I was looking for the thread when I started out, and that thread was mental health. Turned out to to what I found. And so after six months, I took a break, and I started the Jar Foundation, uh, which kind of sponsors this show, the Jar uh, Mental Health Today, and it's really about getting professionals in the mental health space uh, on camera and an opportunity to talk about their passion. And that's quite often what we find in, in mental health is people, you know, somehow end up in this space doing good work for the right reasons. It's quite interesting. A lot of the people I've met have got good, you know, good reasons for being in the space. Uh, Ruby, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your, out of your Friday air quotes taking your time out of your Friday to appear on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. I'm glad to be here today. Yeah. I'm looking forward to kind of hearing, as we were talking off screen, hearing hearing a little bit more about your company and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of education. I'm a big fan of, of bringing tools and how to solve this crisis. It's got to be kind of a one-to-many. We've got to kind of leverage some things that are just naturally in society. And I think the workplace is one of them. And, and definitely the workplace is, for a lot of people, a huge chunk of their stress and their distress and their emotional you know, challenges. Of course, a lot of it starts at home. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. But a lot of stuff is caused by work. And so even if it's not caused by work, it's a great place to, to touch people and reach people uh, in this crisis. So Ruby, yeah. on that on that note, um, you know, tell us a little bit about your own journey and and what are you doing now in in mental health? Wonderful, sure. Um, so I am founder CEO of RBH Wellness Solutions, and um, we focus on supporting organizations in creating strategies that that support mm -hmm. mental health in the workplace. And okay. I got to this point kind of by happenstance. I've been involved in mental health education and awareness for um, fifteen plus years. Because like many folks that do this work, personal journey and personal experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, in terms of mental health in the workplace specifically, it all was because a client had reached out to me about this training that I offered that's called Mental Health First Aid. And they said, you know, we don't, you don't need to sell us on Mental Health First Aid. We know it. We believe in it. We want you to help us think about a strategy for implementing it as part of our employee well-being initiative. And I was like, wait, what? And oh, that like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, this is my jam. Um, and that's how <laughs> I that was. That's the story of how I got to this space. Um, I was working full time for state government here and doing my business on the side. COVID hit. Um, and, you know, 
mental health in the workplace became the trending topic yes. and um, got a lot of requests for trainings and consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, left my, the full-time, the story that I tell is my full-time job got in the way of the part-time gig. Um, <laughs> That's the way so it's supposed to be. It, it is it, when you love it. And so I left that role in um, February, 2021 to do this full-time. So the other joke in this journey, um, as I talk with, with clients, especially, is who leaves a full-time, as my mother would say, government job in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic to work full-time for themselves? Yeah. Oh. And it is me. <laughs> so some people would question your, your sanity, right? Right? Like, I probably did. should be examined. You should be examined Absolutely. very carefully. I, I said to my husband, um, I think the time is now to do this, but Am I really sure? Because we have twins that were getting ready to graduate high school and going to college. Oh, goodness. Um, and I was like, but he was like, this is the time. And so I haven't looked back. I haven't looked I back. You. I love you. I love your partner. I love your husband. Yeah. This is the time. Just do it. There's oh, it. This is always, I think the general message is when you ask somebody, any that, anybody asks you that question, you always look at them straight yep. in the eyes. This is the time. This is the time. This is, and it was, the, it, it, it was absolutely the time. Yeah. For sure. How about that? How about that first? You know, how do you approach? Because that's a good, great question. I mean, what a what a how did you approach that uh, when the client asked you come in and build a strategy? Don't just deliver a program. Yeah, I did a lot of research around um, the what they did, and they sent me some information around of, in terms mm-hmm. of where they were heading in their strategic plan. And really, okay. what I did was just went in and had a conversation. This is where you are now. Where do you want to mm-hmm. go? And then just kind of help them brainstorm ways to get to that to that endpoint. Um, and I remember leaving that session. It was September 2019, and I was like, "This is this is where I'm supposed to be." Um, yeah, it, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. That's that. How did your other job prepare you for? Because you're a long time in the role, right? Mm-hmm. Government mm-hmm. job. You're a long time. Yeah. How did it prepare you for this? I mean, sometimes we just sorry. Sometimes we look back and we're like, "Wait a minute, did I plant? Like, how did I end up? Like, of yeah. course I ended up here." Sorry. Yeah, you know, sorry. looking back at not only that my government role at that particular time, but the jobs I had previously, all of mm-hmm. them really prepared me for this moment because they all focused on building relationships and uh-huh. having conversations with folks around a topic. Um, and so I just pulled from what I knew. I, I, I was learning more about the employee well-being space. I knew mental health. I'm not a clinician, but I'm a, a mental health educator. And yes. I am really dang good at bringing stakeholders to the table and having conversations. And so uh, it, that's what it, it, I leaned into what I knew and then figured out the subject matter piece along the way. So that echoes uh, Sasha Stewart. So I interviewed um a lady uh, named Sasha yesterday. She's Australian okay. and she goes in and gives talks mostly mm-hmm. sp- like speeches and, and some trainings and physiology stuff, but mm-hmm. her mental health side in corporate is more around speaking and some, and some light course, mm-hmm. but same message. If, if the boss is behind it, yep. It's epic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've got to have buy-in and, and, that, and that's, and that's, I think, you know, as we were talking backstage, it's, you know, what's changed and how do you, who, who's picking up the phone? It's, mm-hmm. it, it's really looking at who, who is your champion in this conversation? 
Um, and so even oh, if the yeah. initial conversation is with a frontline manager or an HR okay. director or a DEI person, yeah, that's great because they help get get you in the door and they can help you figure out the footprint where folks are. But you've got to yeah. have that buy-in from leadership in order for the work to, to be effective. Are you seeing, so this is a couple of years now, mm-hmm. you know, you've had some time now, you've done some, you've had some conversations and that was that one question I had before is, you know, who's picking up the phone that didn't yeah. before, um, yeah. you know, or are those leaders now engaged in the meetings because the board is watching or do they really right. feel it? Are you ticking boxes or is there some real love behind this? Oh my goodness. Everything that you just said, it, it, it touches every aspect of my work. So initially, <laughs> okay. the, the, the initial conversations were with HR directors, yeah, sure. VPs, because sure. that's the, sure. you know, the, it seems to make sense because it's around yes. the human resources, the people. But what I found was, oh, we don't want to talk about you, talk, talk with you because we don't want to get sued talking about mental health. And my response was, that's why you need to talk to me so that you don't have a manager <laughs> that's saying something, you don't have a co a, a colleague that's saying something that ends up having you face with you facing a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, cause it, it just, it, it just makes, and I, it's, and it, it's part of it is the fear of the unknown, which is, we see, and I'm sure in the work that you've done with mental health, yes, people don't yeah. want to talk about it cause we don't know about yeah. it. Yes. Um, and so I quickly learned to shift and okay. I was like, okay, let me reach back out to some other folks okay. that have been doing wellness okay. differently. And then that is shift. I'm still having conversations with some HR folks, but a lot of my folks are now, as opposed to HR directors and VPs, it, it may be a talent and acquisition person, um, or it may be a diversity, mm. equity, inclusion person. I've had a lot of success. I think they would be very the good. They would be very good for you because they're oh, yeah, already absolutely. just, they're disruptors anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need a exactly. little bit of a HR is like, let's, no rock in the boat. Right. All hands on deck. You got your life vest zipped right. up. Let's not do anything out of it. And, you know, that is, yeah. and boy, bringing in mental health, like you yeah. are, there's too many unknowns, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah DEI absolutely. is all about, their job is to mm-hmm. go in and upset the apple cart. Right. That's it. That's it. Um, so I found a lot of alignment there. Um, you could see that. And, and, and I think the third place would be just folks who have, seen my work, whether it's on LinkedIn or um, mm. speaking in other spaces yeah, yeah, and have reached out and said, hey, I want to connect you with somebody within my organization. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So I well, give you an example. kind of referral. Yeah, that's a great. It, it is. The, one, of the, one of the best referrals in terms of when we think about as entrepreneurs converting, right, potential clients to a real client. I um, was the lunch keynote speaker at a, a statewide um, higher education mental health behavioral health forum here in North Carolina back mm. in, in May, in March. And um, I'm sitting at the table waiting to start. And um, this gentleman approached the table and he looked at my husband. And he said, is anybody sitting here? And we were like, no, go right ahead. And I looked up and almost passed out because he was a, a, a well-known um former TV anchor here for our local CBS affiliate. And I'd grown up watching him and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't <laughs> him. 
Yeah, it's a clutch of my pearls. Literally, literally, I was, I was like, okay, <laughs> don't, don't, don't fangirl, don't fangirl. And so it's him and his chief of staff and one more person. And he's like, so he starts talking to me randomly, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to actually get up on stage and do the keynote. He's like, so how did you get into this work? I did my keynote session, um, came back, and he was like, oh my goodness, you made me think of so many things. We continued that conversation after that at, during during the break. And before I left that day, I had an invitation to speak to his leadership team. And he's the um, president of our um, North Carolina PBS station. And so literally it was because he was in that space for that event and just happened to sit at my table, which was at the front of the room because everybody else in the back, you know, they fill it in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and was moved and was like, I've been trying to figure out how to address this within my team. And this is how, and you you just showed up in the right place. And so, um, yeah, I love when those moments happen because they're, they're coming to you because they've, they've seen your work, not because they've read something online that, that you posted or you've, or a conversation that you had through Messenger. Yeah, yeah. They've seen your work in practice, in action. Yeah. And, and you, I, I think you breathe, like, like you said, you hit me at the right time because I've been trying, he's trying to talk to people mm -hmm. around him about this. Yep. And then exactly. there's you speaking, like, it's almost like him speaking to his team, right? Probably. Yeah, right. He's yeah. like, I need that person now. Yeah. And he yeah. said, when he called me, uh, Ken, he said, you know, I have this one date that I'm looking at and it was literally the next week. I had somebody that was supposed to come do another topic that I think is more DEI focused, okay. but they canceled. Are you available? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. yeah it was, of course. It was yeah, of course timing. I'm definitely, I'm definitely available. Yeah. 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 And I think you get those when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and the thing about it, when we think about, um, the work that I do, people ask me all the time, so who's your target client? And I've initially started out, well, I wanted to focus on finance and tech mm. because being in Raleigh-Durham, that's, that's what's around me. And what mm. I've figured out over the last three years is that I don't have, a, my, I don't have the textbook ideal client. My ideal client is someone who is ready to do the work in a way that's impactful and are committed to behavior change. And I always tell folks in the initial call, if you want somebody to come in and do a one-time talk so you can check a box, I'm not your person. Because one-time talks don't have impact. It plants a seed, absolutely. But we need to continue that engagement through coaching, mm. through other, other trainings, yes. yeah. through developing strategies so that it becomes the fiber of your organization. Because I am committed to long-term impact and culture change. I'm not your one-off. I can take your money, right? Right, right. Um, I can do it. Yeah. You want me to come in and give a talk and take a box? Absolutely. Yeah. But I, if you want change, then I am the person that you want to work with. And we're going to do that over a period of time. It's so good. I, you, my experience is when people get to that space, like mm -hmm. I don't work with anybody. I don't just take people's money. I work for <clears throat> I have principles, right? So you, mm -hmm. as, a, as a business and as a person, here's our values. Yeah, yeah. And if you engage with us, here's our value set. We work mm -hmm. for long-term change. We want impactful. We want people who want to partner. Right. You know, we, we partner with people. You start putting those, and all of a sudden you start attracting the right, a different client. Oh, you do. 
You do. And, and at first I will say, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm too yes. new in this. Do you want, yes. are, are you sure? Is this, yes. like, is, is the money going to come? But what I found is that not only did the money come, but the client, the right mm-hmm. clients came. Um, so that now I'm working with folks that I am connected with, I'm developing relationships with, and they are committed to truly taking care of their folks. Mm. Um, as opposed to where, what, what I think, you know, I've seen, we talked about trends earlier, 2020, everybody's like, yes, we want to talk about mental health because our folks are struggling. It's the pandemic to, you know, 2021, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. 2022 towards the end, it started being more like, okay, pandemic is over. People should be back to doing business as usual, (laughs) right? We don't want to put money in that anymore. And, and my conversation Uh. is, no, we need to continue to put money in that conversation because if the pandemic hasn't shown us anything, it showed us this. People want to be valued where they're working and they will be yeah. loyal to those to those organizations that treat them as humans and not as another number. And so um, absolutely, this is not the time to stop talking about it. If anything, you need to really ramp it up because people are showing you with that great resignation. If you're not covering these meeting these needs i'm out <laughs> i'm out yeah and the fight for talent is got to be brutal yeah, right now it I is mean, it absolutely is i can't imagine if you're good and you're willing to show up i mean mm-hmm. first off if you're, if you're even willing to show up you're already a talent you, you're a high exactly. po- you're a high potential if you show up every day right right exactly so you better take care i yeah it is interesting if you look at I mean, the fact that childhood trauma only often displays itself Mm. years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To think that we're over the pandemic and everybody should be back to normal is, is, you know, just showing we're not educated, right? We don't really understand Mm -hmm. mental health. Yeah. And the fact that probably a lot of the stuff, a lot of people, you imagine if you're a worker and you were going to work, if you're a frontline person, you didn't get a break. It was psych. It was psychotic. It was double psychotic. Absolutely. There was no holiday. Uh, stymie checks didn't matter to you. Right. you know, Stimmy checks. You just were in hell. Yeah. So you were pressed. You had to push all that away. All that mm-hmm. had to be pushed. Like mm-hmm. for so many people, just push everything. Ignore the yep. madness that I'm dealing with yep. and get through the, the month, the day or the day, the week, the year. Yeah. And that stuff's going to that's going to be bubbling up for the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and we see it right now in the turnover rates in healthcare. Yeah. We see it in the turnover rates within education. I've done some work here in North Carolina around employee well-being within it, within school okay. personnel in schools. And, and, and so you're right. 10 years at least. Yeah. Um, and, and until organizations pause to really think strategically, okay, how can we not only retain recruit talent, but retain them? And that's one of the pieces that's core to the work that I do. Even if it's doing two training sessions on related topics, part of that walk away at the end with that client is continue to think about how do you keep folks engaged? How do you create spaces where they feel like they belong? How mm-hmm. do you create spaces where then they will want to stay with you? Because you see them not just as a person, but as somebody who contributes to your organization mm. and, and you care about them. It almost sounds like, you know, as, as you're talking, I'm listening to that. It's like 
the workplace has got to become something that it, it's not now. And that's oh my goodness, that's so good. Um, and you know, and that's come up with some clients before. It's well, we're not trained to do this, and I'm not saying that you have to completely move away from how you do business, but yeah. it's about how do you do your business more effectively and not instead of being focused completely on your bottom line. Yes, you need that because you've got to keep the doors open. But if you're not taking care of your folks, if you're not having their needs met, if they feel, if you're yeah. saying, okay, take, we're having unlimited PTO. But if the underlying message is, okay, if I'm taking off every Friday, are you, are you giving me then a 32 hour work week? Or you're saying I got to get my 40 hours in, in those four tens, then that's not really beneficial. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and so, I, and I've had a conversation with somebody. You have as week. much time off as you want, as long right. as you do your job. As long as you get your job in. And it's like, let, let's rethink that. Um, and so I don't, I, I, I don't like unlimited PTOs because I think it paints this picture that, oh yes, you can take all the time off you want, but can I really? And in most yeah, cases yeah. that I, where I've talked to folks that work with organizations that have unlimited PTO, no. They, they're, they're not, they're, they're not taking it. And then when they do try to take it, it's that, but you got to get your work done then in the time that you're here. And so, yeah, that's um, very, yeah, that's, that's a weenie. That's like telling, I don't know, like I just like a weenie approach to management, right? <laughs> that's just taking the, the easy way out. It's like, I'm trying to think of the worst parental behavior there is on the planet. And that's got <laughs> to right. fall under it. That's got to fall under some of the worst right. parenting ever. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's for, 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 what I think it, it, it boils down to is organizations are like, oh, this is a perk. This is great. People want to take unlimited time off. Okay, but you're using it as a carrot to get people in. But once they're in, are you creating space where they truly feel like yeah. they can take and they can't? You're not. And so that's you're defeating the purpose. Yeah. And then you some people take some people have no qualms about taking time off. Right. And other right. people have got a conscience. And, yeah. you know, and some people have a guilty conscience. They feel, right. you know, they, some, I mean, it depends on what, how, it depends where you are on the, on the psycho spectrum, right? The, mm. the closer to a full psycho you are, you'll, you'll end up taking four months off a year. And, yeah. you know, for yeah. people with a little compassionate, they'll probably take two weeks. Yeah. And I, and I think too, it goes back to how do you keep people engaged in an authentic way? Um, saying being able to tout, yes, we've got unlimited PTO. Hmm. That's a nice perk, but if realistically it's not improving your engagement, your sense of belonging, and your retention, then you just have a perk that's on a piece of paper that's meaningless. Yeah. Um, yeah. As you were saying before, I, kind of before I was kind of I got down the side road, um, you were talking about the ROI and the bottom line. Mm -hmm. and, and I think now, inexplicably, inexplicably, the, that, rotation of people and that treatment of people is now far mm -hmm. far more integral in that equation it's no mm -hmm. longer straight revenue expense it's no it's no longer linear as it was right this people part is huge and it's huge it, it's going to cost you on the roi your bottom line is going to suffer now oh, yeah if you don't and and the reverse yeah. is also true if you do put if you make that shift for people who are a real culture shift here of education, training, the time off you need, blah, blah, blah. But the ones that can do that, 
I think they will see a difference in the in the bottom line because they will retain people. They'll find that they're going to win the talent game. Yeah, basically. No, absolutely. You know, one of the greatest tools that I use when I'm talking to a prospective client um, is there's a, a calculator on the um, American Psychiatric Center for Workplace Mental Health website where you can go in and put in um, the number of employees that an organization has okay. located and a couple other um, data points and it will calculate um, one in particular will calculate what that bottom line impact is oh. and if you have people that are living with depression that are not feeling supported and it tells you this is how much money you're losing um, and and that's that has been a game changer in conversations because I can say all of this good stuff but you know, it's about bottom line. And as a business owner, I get that. Show, show so me the, the show impact. Them, yeah. Show them the money. And so what I, what I should do is, okay, so if I'm showing up at, at, at whatever role and I have anxiety and I have depression, and are, are you getting presenteeism or absenteeism from me? So am I not coming to work? Oh, which is presentee. Oh, right? interesting. I never heard that presenteeism phrase. Presenteeism is I'm showing up, but I'm not doing my work because yeah, I'm yeah. too unwell. Yes. Right. And so I love doing that calculator and there are various ones out there, but that's one of the ones that I go to the most is showing them that. And they're like, wait, what? Cause, cause when we look at the data, um, depression is the leading, this, the leading cause of disabilities in the world. It is not high blood pressure. It is not cancer. It is depression. For so sure. Look, Right. And so For I sure. start out with that and they're like, oh, OK, that's it. But then when I put their organization's information into that yeah. calculator <laughs> and it gives them a, a number that's directed to them, it's a it's a game changer. Oh, that's such a it's a government website. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, I even go one further for for me. You know, the depression is is that leading cause. Right. Mm -hmm. And that turns into other things that we're not actually calculating like Absolutely. stroke mm -hmm. heart attack cancer uh who knows what other kind of manifestations yeah. you know mm -hmm. depression turns into right um and that impacts i mean you got the absenteeism part but that's covered under the mental side i don't know if yeah. it gets into the physical and the wellness and then the insurance rates oh you know, the insurance cost for an employer a, a larger employer you know you could probably could Goodness gracious, you could cut down on insurance rates oh, a lot. You, you could. Yeah, I, I had a meeting with the client about a year and a half ago, and it was their DI person, their total rewards benefits person, mm -hmm. and then the chair for their um, employee mental health ERG. Okay. And um, we were talk, talking about you know, the services I provide, and I asked the, the total rewards benefits person, I said, what is your data showing you? What is your... What is your um, your uh, benefits usage, medical insurance yeah. usage showing yeah. it. What is your EAP data look? And this was this was probably, yeah, this is early 2021. What is your okay. EAP data showing you? And he was like, well, I'm not quite sure. I don't think people are using it. And I said, well, if people aren't using it, then you need to figure out why. Well, I don't think our provider is good. Ask your employees. What's the barrier for them using it? Yeah, send a survey. Things, right, send a, send a survey. And don't rely on EAP that it's great. It's a great resource, 
but it, it's not going to change the culture because the culture, if I as an employee go to EAP and I'm getting counseling, I'm getting skills and supports, but my manager is still leading from that space <laughs> of harm, right? Yes. Um, yeah, you, it, you're defeating the purpose. So I'm doing my job, but the, but the manager is not, and they're continuing to cause harm. And so you got to have a strategy. Stop throwing spaghetti against the wall. Think this thing through. Oh, that's fun. I mean, that's rough, boy. I feel for people in meetings like that when somebody comes in with real questions because yeah, the EAP space funny. is so, yeah. I mean, that's so tick the box, right? We just throw up an EAP plan. And, mm -hmm. but if you look at, if you look at the metrics on most EAPs, it's, right. yeah. it's just, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's, it's nice wallpaper. It is. It is. It's it nice is. wallpaper. And, you know, maybe perhaps once in a while somebody does reach out and they are helping somebody mm -hmm. or even saving a life, but changing culture, no. Fixing right. an employee, yeah. a, a workplace culture, yeah. no. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it can be a great asset to the strategy, but EAP yes, cannot yeah. be the strategy for supporting employee mental well being, financial well-being, because I really, even though my my sweet spot is mental health, I really look at it from a holistic perspective. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you pull in your EAP and have them do some financial services trainings for folks. Talk about budgeting. Don't just mm. focus on physical health. Really look at all of those. I, I follow the, um, the, the eight dimensions of wellness from SAMHSA. Um, that shows those eight dimensions of well-being that mm -hmm. help us stay well. And so we, I really spend time on looking at how each of those dimensions impact mental health and how mental health impacts the others because they're all interrelated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's so important to look holistically at the person because it's not just my brain showing up. It's everything else. Yeah. And you're bringing all that other baggage with you, right? Yep. The finances mm -hmm. are coming in. Your yep. relationship with your children is coming yep. in the door. Mm -hmm. Right. You need those. You got to have you got to have that full that yeah. full package. And yeah. you're right. EAP is 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 nice. But it, you were kind of it was a perfect kind of a round out to the to the conversation, what you were saying, um, you know, your job, the way you're kind of describing your job was, you know, you're walking into now all of these companies with, you know, they got the DEI person tech, mm -hmm. got an EAP tech. Mm -hmm. And and this is the way we ran you know, in the nineties mm -hmm. and into the two mm thousands -hmm. and the two thousand somethings. Right. And, you know, it's two twenty three, And if people are just waking up and this is now your job, this is now your, yeah. uh, uh, I was going to call it the equivalent of a preacher, but you know, this, this is your mission, right. Is to yeah. go around and because companies and say, mm -hmm. what else are you doing? How are you changing the culture? Right. And yeah. asking these hard questions in a room where people are probably need help. I mean, they're probably lost right. Ruby. I would imagine they, they are, they don't know what to do. Um, they, and they, they really they need are. someone. They are. Cause oftentimes they think it's a, it's a sprint and it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Um, yes. And it takes time, right? Cause any type of change takes time and people are scared of change. And so yes. I really focus on, okay, let's baby steps, baby mm -hmm. steps. Let's start with just an overall session on what employee well-being is. Start there just so folks have some frame of reference. And we look at those eight mm. dimensions. And then maybe from there we go to talking about the importance of social connection. So that focuses on relationships in the workplace, but also personal relationships oh, and, and, and how that, that impacts. Yeah. And so for folks that are really doing, looking at teamwork, I really encourage um, that my, uh, there's a session that I do on social connections 
Um, and it's it's the, the title is I think quite funny. It's it's social um, social connections. Um, Bert had Ernie, Lucy had 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 Ethel, Meredith had Christina. Who's your person? Um, <laughs> to really getting people okay. to think about the importance of social connections internally in the workplace, but also externally. Interesting. Uh, this, as you talk again, I come back to, and like you said, this is really a long, like a, it's a marathon, right? Yeah, and is. I think the ones that do win this race, the employers with the best satisfaction that blows turnover ultimately affect the medical. This could really be a big differentiator because there is a lot that impacts from the mental yeah. health space. There's a lot of impact. Knock on effect that is below the surface. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. below the surface. And it's uncomfortable, right? So, the, so yes, it's uncomfortable. And so what I, I had one particular client that I'm thinking about hmm. who invited me, yeah, come in, let's do a, bring, well, I'll bring you into our um, team retreat. And we did that last okay. winter. And it was kind of like the teaser and we spent two and a half hours together and then, okay, I'll bring you back. And I did some more work with another team within, a smaller team within okay. the whole team. And that's when I started uncovering some of the not so pretty stuff, right? And so I went back to the director and I was like, well, this is what I'm finding. Yeah. And she shut me down. She didn't, she didn't want to hear my, because a lot of it pointed back to her particular okay. leadership. Right. And I'm getting, it's uncomfortable, but if you, the conversation that we had on the front end, you have this workplace commitment, the statement, the strategy, I'm just helping you be in alignment with, with what you're saying you're doing on paper, even if it's uncomfortable for you. <laughs> You can't oh, grow unless man. you're uncomfortable. But so needless to say, you know, not everyone is ready. They think they are. They may start the process um, and, and are like, yep, you know what? I think we're going to stop here. And that's okay. Um, but there, there are some who, even in that space of being uncomfortable, are like, okay, let's trust the process. Yeah, I, it's interesting as you're talking about that person. In my last corporate role, mm -hmm. um, Let's say hats off to the to the CEO. We used we ended up using because couldn't get a lot of clear communication sometimes mm -hmm. uh, through the channels through the management layers. <clears throat> we started a lot of surveys. And we and, you know, and had they hadn't done them before, so you have uh -huh. to start out slow and some goofy stuff, and you get people to where you're actually you come back to them with some observations, right? And you know once they engage, once you once the process becomes valuable for people, they'll, mm -hmm. they'll engage in it better and better. It was interesting to me. It was very surprising. But one we did was around your boss. Mm. We did a lot of stuff around bosses. Mm -hmm. And and then we would review. And it was really oh, yeah. the first conversations were so squirrely and uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And and they were nameless. So right. we would we would read the comment. And then mm -hmm. the bosses around the room, the line managers, would trying all to try figure to guess out who, 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 <laughs> who they were, who they were yeah. talking about. Yeah. And sometimes it was quite obvious, right? They would hit, mm -hmm. they would say it in a way that it was obvious who it mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of funny that once everybody was vulnerable, and everybody realized they were human, and there would be people who they didn't, who didn't care for their style of management, right? And but there were lessons in there, and there yeah. were some truths. Yeah, there were some right. truths and we faced the truth. We had a giggle. There was mm -hmm. a lot of giggling and a lot of mm -hmm. funny, uh, but there were just enough of those heavy 10 or 20 percent of heavy moments yeah. of the reflection. And those meetings got more business like and more business like. Mm. And they were started focusing on 
Like I, I'm gonna, we gotta fix. I'm gonna fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's and, wrong. And, and that if you hadn't gone like through that. that, if you hadn't gone through that hard space, they would have gotten to that point of, oh, this shouldn't be this way. It's time that, to change it. Yeah. And these were, this was an Asian country. These were mature people. These were mm -hmm. like not normally people used to being mm -hmm. having having their their life like pointed back right. on a mirror, right? Yeah. You just don't do yeah. that. Yeah. And so right. culturally, it was a little, culturally, it was super oh, sensitive. And the fact that, but, you know, the at the end of the day, Ruby, I think we're all pretty good humans. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if we're given the grace to kind of go through those self-reflections mm -hmm. without being embarrassed and, you know, we're all in it together, I think most everybody's going to kind of find the path. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you know, you're, you're so right. And one quick thing that I want to speak on to that point hmm. Feeling embarrassed is okay and acknowledging our feelings because what we often do is as emotionally intelligent folks, we push down those feelings and avoid them. Yes, I feel embarrassed. Yes. Well, this means I'm a bad person. It means I shouldn't be a manager. It shouldn't, means I shouldn't be in this role. No, it doesn't. It just means you're, you're human and, <laughs> yes. you know, and you just yes. didn't make a good decision. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer in, there's a session I do around emotional intelligence where I speak to the point of, Sit with that emotion. Why are you feeling, if it's frustration, mm. if it's anger, if it's embarrassment, why am I feeling why? that way? Yeah, yeah. Don't get stuck there, but think, okay, I'm feeling this way because this has happened. And then start to put together a plan to make that change, that behavioral yes. change to where you're then leaning into that and figuring out how you're able to move past that. And it's what I've kind of, over the pandemic, everybody's like, give each other grace, give yourself grace. And what I have found is a lot of people have used that term to give as a way to give themselves an excuse to not do the work. And so my, different. I, I flipped it's it different. and I said, give yourself grace and, and by doing that, it's okay. I'm human. This is hard. I messed up. Yes. Now I don't have, I've got to have a plan to move the work forward. I like that. Give your great self grace and let's, let's figure let's, out let's or, or it's yeah. 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 And that was that moment when I saw that moment with some people, especially I'm thinking of one particular individual who we used to really enjoy taking the British slang was taking the pee out of. Right. Like, but just joke, like really teasing. Right. And this is, a, you know, like we could tease them about stuff like right. straight up tease mm -hmm. them. And it was still like, just, it didn't just, even face him. Yeah, right. Didn't face him. <laughs> didn't face yeah. him Cause that was his personality. That was right. what he identified in that space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting as we peeled it back and you faced it, you know, yeah. he was able to say, yeah, okay, you know, all joking aside, that's probably something I should change. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, it's that grace hand. Yeah, absolutely. I love funny. that. Ruby, I learned a little bit today. Thanks so much for sharing you, with the audience, being part of the, the little beehive or the fabric, whatever I'm kind of, whatever buzzword I'm using. Can't remember which one I'm sticking with. Um, but it's great. So many, so many guests. And, and I really you know, you really helped me kind of articulate how this works with the employer and the value the, to the employer. I really love that. Well, I'm really glad. I'm glad it was helpful. It, it, it's, yeah. it, it is, I think the one thing that I would encourage folks to think about. Yeah, how about some closing um, thoughts? Whether they are working with myself or with, or with somebody else is remember mm. it's a marathon and not a sprint. Mm -hmm. You've got to take that time. You've got to be uncomfortable. You can't just check the boxes to, to, for the sake of yeah. checking the boxes. Be committed for that long-term marathon to make that change. And it's going to be maybe uncomfortable for you and, and even your direct reports mm -hmm. 
and absolutely but you'll man but the growth is so powerful the growth the growth and, and i think when they're uncomfortable and vulnerable together oh it strengthens man teams it strengthens I, teams oh he oh the people the admiration for that gentleman i was speaking about yeah. the way people I'm looked sure. at him after that yeah yeah absolutely because it's saying, if, oh, I thought you were this manager, this director, this VP, and had it all together. No, I'm human, yeah. and I screw up, just like you. Yeah. Oh, and and I would never change. Like, I'm I'm absolutely, right. this is the way I am. I'm rigid. We, we all know right. how he yep. reacts, et cetera. And all of a sudden, now he's not that guy. Right. And, he had and a, the homo. Everybody's yeah. heads turn around, and, then and you get attention. If he can now do it, then I can do it. Yeah. And, and exactly. I think the thing is, the young people look at that, and they're like, oh, man, we, we got hope. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. Ruby, thanks so much. Hang around for a, for a Thank second. You. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks everybody for listening and supporting, especially people hearing this kind of on a recorded driving around your car or sitting at your desk. Thanks very much. Make sure to get down to whatever platform you're on and give us a review, give us a rating. Uh, and then most importantly, do share Ruby. I'll see you in 30. Thank you so much, Ken. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.